Heavenly Father, um, we recognize that's truth this morning, that God, um, no matter what is going on in this life, no matter what could possibly try to pull our affections away from you, God, that as we look at you and as we focus on you and as we look at, at, at who you are, that God, everything else fades away. So God, today as we open your word and today as we meet with you, God, will you do that? Will you, will you show yourself so plainly to us that everything else just, it just fades away? It just looks as completely as, as unimportant as everything in this world is compared to you. So God, just be in this time. Uh, speak to us. Give us understanding. Meet with us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys be seated. Um, well, uh, thank you for being here at Christ Church. Uh, my name is, is Grant Nixon, and um, I'm the student pastor here, and I guess, uh, what else would you call me? I'm not John. I'm not Brother John. How about that? Uh, so, so anyway, um, I want to make a, a couple of quick announcements before we get started. Um, one is out in the lobby, you guys see that there's a little rack of, of CDs that they put the messages there, um, and, and we've charged a very small amount for those. I don't know how much it was, but um, now just there's no charge for them. Uh, uh, grab them if you need them. Um, and if there aren't enough out there, uh, then just come to the office and leave your name and that you want one and we'll get one to you. Um, I would ask that if you can get on the internet and figure that out, uh, all the messages are, they, they're on iTunes if you're a podcaster or you can go to ccbartlett.org and find them there. So I would ask if you can do that, if you can listen to them online that way, then then please leave the CDs for someone else. But if, if you need those, if they're easier for you to, to, to take those or it's easier for you to hand it to somebody then rather than to tell them to go to our website that's fine go ahead and take those uh we we want to make those available to you um and before we, we move on in, into what we're talking about today, um, last night we, we prayed for this as well, but um, there is a, a brother of ours, and I'm assuming he's still with us because I haven't heard anything different um, so far, but there's a brother of ours in, in Afghanistan. He converted from Islam to Christianity, um, which is illegal, um, and he's facing the gallows now. Um, and so he was supposed to be executed this week, this past week. Um, I haven't received word whether or not he has been or not, um, but his name is uh, Riyadh uh, Musa. And um, his his prayer and his request to us Americans, um, he wrote letters to America to help him. It wasn't to release him. That's not what he wanted. His prayer was that uh, that he would be moved to some place where he would not be physically and sexually abused anymore by the other uh, prisoners. And so he's he. But he says, "I'm willing to die if that's what Christ has called me to." Um, so if if we could, before we do anything else, can we pray for him? Uh, so if you would pray with me. Um, God, we lift up uh, uh, Riyadh. We, we know um, that you're with him. Uh, God, we, we know that, that you are um, aware of everything that's happening with him. Um, God, we ask, we beg in the name of Jesus that you would spare his life. We beg that you would, you would reunite him with his family, with his children, God. But God, if it be your will, if you choose him to have the honor of, of dying for your name, God, fill him with courage. Fill him with, with your strength and your peace as he faces that. And God, comfort his family. And God, just be faithful with them and, and with his family. So God, we thank you for him. And we ask again that you strengthen him. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, uh, as we've been talking the, the past couple weeks, we've been talking about what now. And we're in a new chapter in our, in our church, and so we've been talking about how do we handle that. And the first week, if you remember, we talked about prayer. And we talked about the idea that, that prayer is, is when God listens to us. The creator of the universe listens to your heart. How amazing is that thought? I mean, we should stop right there. Matt, come back up. Let's sing a song. I mean, think about that. The creator of the universe listens to you. And the reality is, God works through prayer. And and if we don't pray, if we don't go to the Lord, how dare we ask his blessing on us? How dare we ask him to move in us if we don't even spend the time to pour our hearts out to him? And so we've started on Wednesdays from 12 to 1 in this room, a prayer service. If you can make it during your lunch break. If you can run in for 10 minutes and pray with us, we're going to pour our heart out to the Father together. The second time, last week, we we talked about um, the Word. We talked about the Word of God. And the Word of God is our main weapon, uh, that, that the enemy is constantly throwing attacks at us, uh, whether it be uh, the enemy tempting us or whether it be our own flesh uh, against us, working against us. Our only defense, our only offense, uh, excuse me, is the Word of God. Uh, it's the only thing that, that, can, that can stand up against uh, all of these things that the devil's throwing at us. And, and if you remember, we, we started uh, something called Fighter Verses. You can get those at fighterverses.com.org. I don't know, but uh, if, if you need help uh, uh, ordering those, you let us know. But they're just simply a pack of verses that we're memorizing, uh, hopefully as a church. Uh, because if, if that is our only uh, uh, offense, and if we're in a spiritual war every day where, where God is trying to show us what his best for us is, and the devil and the world and, and our flesh is trying to pull us away from that, and that's our only weapon, then how dare we leave that behind? And so we, we recognized that last week. But here's the thing. Uh, we, we recap real quick. The secret to prayer is what? Praying. You have to start somewhere. The secret to the word is reading. You have to start somewhere. And so we, we talked about that. And, and you know, as we talk about spiritual disciplines, it's a really good place to start. Because without it, you're malnourished. Uh, the Bible calls itself our bread. It calls itself the thing that sustains us as believers. If you want to live this life of a believer, to live this life as a Christian, then you know what? You're going to need the Word of God. You're going to need prayer. Because I've got news for you. You can't do it. You can't. You are not physically able, you do not have the ability, the capacity to do it. Our only hope is through the Word of God and through meeting Him and through, and through our prayer and through His strength. And so it's a good place to start, but it's also a dangerous place to start too. And, and what I mean by that is that you might put too much emphasis on the action. Here's what I mean by that. Instead of you saying, instead of you saying that, you know what, I, uh, uh, you might say prayer works instead of saying, God works through prayer. Or, or you might say, you know, um, um, look, at, look at what I read in the Word and, and look at what I learned rather than look at what God showed me in His Word. Look at, look at how I met God in His Word. And, and the difference between those two statements is that one expresses action uh, commanded by God and another expresses affection for God. Those are the two differences. One expresses one way of thinking about it. When we focus on the action more, that, that puts our focus on the action that's commanded by God. But when we look at the person behind the action, that puts us on the affection of God. And so our question this morning is, does God mainly desire our actions or does God mainly desire our affections? Does God mainly desire what you can do for him or does God mainly desire your heart? And so we're going to look at that this morning, and, and the first place we've got to go is right to the beginning. 
We've got to go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 30. Um, and uh, let me read that real quickly to you. Genesis chapter 1. Where is it? After the table of contents? Okay. Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 26 through 30 says this, then, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I've given you every Every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I've given every plant for food, and it was so. And so what does this show us? It shows us that God has given us what? Everything. He's given us creation to do what? To, to manage, to rule over, to work in. So it looks like what God really wants for us is action, right? But we've missed something. You missed something. Go back to verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Why did he say that? Why didn't he just say, Okay, serve me. Do my, do my work here. Take care of my animals, all right? Feed my fish while I'm out of town. Why didn't he just say that, right? Why did he throw this in? That we're created in his image as well. Well, let's understand what that image means. The Hebrew for image and the Hebrew for likeness, it's not relating to a physical nature. Uh, when it says we're created in the image of God, God is spirit. So none of you in here look like spirits, all right? So obviously God doesn't look like this, and that's good for you. Uh, but, but anyway, so, so what does that mean? Well, this image, this likeness in Hebrew, it's referring to the spiritual nature of God. We are unlike every other creature on this planet. We have the physical and yet we also, in the likeness of God, have a spiritual nature. We have a likeness in morality in that sense. And so unlike every other creature on this planet, everything else God has created, we are a hybrid of the two. We are unique in that we share the spiritual nature of God, the likeness uh, of God in that sense. And so uh, let me ask you a question. I guess um, if, if, God, if the main purpose is to be caretakers and, and, and to be, uh, to, just to work and that he wants our actions and what we can do for God, then why give us a spirit? Why give us that spiritual side? Because our main purpose is not our actions. Look at, look at Genesis 3. Let's keep going. Look at Genesis 3, uh, verse 8 through 9. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said, where are you? So listen to this. God is walking through the garden for what purpose? Looking for Adam. Why? To have a relationship with Adam. He's not walking through the forest looking for his best monkey. He's not walking through the forest looking for his pet bird, okay? He's walking through looking for who? For Adam. Why? So that he can know him. So, so that Adam can know him and that God can know Adam. It's for relationship. That's what God is looking for. That's why we have that spirit nature of God. So that we can relate to God. So that there's a relationship there. Um, and so, uh, and so we see like why was Adam kicked out of the garden? If, we, if God cares more about our actions and our affections, why was he kicked out of the garden? It wasn't because he, he didn't trim the hedges that morning. Why was he kicked out of the garden? Because his affections for God were, were misplaced. He cared more about himself. 
And, he, and so he disobeyed God. So his relationship with God was broken. His affections were misplaced. That's why he was kicked out of the garden. Not because his actions were misplaced. So, does God desire our actions more, what you can do for God, or does God desire your heart more? I see very clearly here in the scriptures that God desires our hearts more. Because the main reason that we exist, the main reason that he's given us a spirit nature is so that we can know God. So we can see his supremacy in all things. Do you understand? So we see him in all things and worship him in all things and have that relationship with him, to know him fully. Um, And so... If we're designed for a relationship with God to know Him, is that action or affection? It's affection. So, so now understanding that. So God desires to have a relationship with, with us. How do we obtain that relationship? Actions or affections? How do we obtain that relationship with God? To know Him and have Him know us. To live this Christian life. How do we do that? Actions or affections? Affections. Let's look at this. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's, the, it's not of your own doing. It's the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one can boast. What he's saying is that, you know what? You're saved. You're my child. Not because of anything you could do. Because you know what? You couldn't do anything. You couldn't do anything good enough. You couldn't be good enough. You couldn't give me anything I didn't have. And so the reason that you're saved, the reason you're my child, the reason you belong to me is because I have your affection. Because I have your heart. And, and that's, how, uh, uh, that's how God works. And so when does action come into this? We keep talking about affection's most important. When does action come in? Action always comes in second. And in God's, in God's uh, 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 way of doing things, uh, um, it is affections that lead to actions. Affection leads to actions, not the other way around. Affections lead to actions. Um, We see in Proverbs 4.23, it says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. In other words, what is in your heart is what will flow out. What has your affection is what determines your actions. Um, And so we see that uh, in any relationship. Um, Wouldn't you desire affection over action in a relationship? And you might say, no, like I like it when when people do things for me. Okay, Listen, all right, wives, what if your husband comes home and he's got flowers for you, all right? So you have the action. He did that. However, when you ask him, like, hey, you know, did, were you thinking about me? Like, why'd you get me flowers? And he said, well, you know, I was at the gas station, and, uh, you know, it was like this thing. If you, if you filled up $10 worth of gas, uh, I got the free flowers. So, you know, I was going to throw them away, but you're standing in between me and the trash can. It was easier for me to hand it to you. And so, like, what, what do you want that? Do you want those actions? No. No, it's, it's affections leading to actions. So God says, if you just do things for me, I don't need that. I don't need you to do that. You coming to Sunday school, you coming to church, you putting money in the offering plate, I made the earth. Do I don't need your money. I want your heart. If I don't have your heart, I don't want anything else. That's what God is saying here is that affections lead to those actions. And our world operates the exact opposite. It, it operates in the way that actions lead to affection. That if you do this, then maybe I'll like you. You know, it's like when you're, uh, uh, guys, it's the reason we go to chick flicks when we first start dating somebody, right? You know, it's the reason why you open the door and then you get married and you forget how to do that. You know, like I, I try to remember, I just can't. But anyway, um, 
Our, we, we try to please people, whether it be in relationships or in jobs or friendships or neighbors. We try to do things for people to earn their affections. And that's not how God designed it for us. And so when, we, when, when our relationship with God suffers and, and we leave the word of God and, and, and all of that, what do we do? We, we revert back to that way of thinking. That if I, you know what? You know what? If I do these things for God, then he'll be happy with me and we'll be all good. You know, if I come to church and, you know, I punch my, my time card at church and if I stay awake for most of the message, then I'm good with God. And that's not true. That's not true at all. That's not what he desires. Um, and there, uh, as we talk about these affections, there's three different categories of people in here. Three different categories of people. And, and everyone fits into here somewhere. The first category is your affection for God produces in you actions to serve God. John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If this is you, fantastic. You, you live to know God and to make him known. And so you serve him not out of begrudging submission to his commandments, but you serve him because you love him. You'll do things for him because you love him. You, you have this relationship with him and, and he's so good to you and, and you experience that on such an intimate personal level that that's what comes out in your life. That's what's in your heart, so that's what comes out in your actions. Fantastic. Keep going. I want to encourage you. But the next group of people is probably the scariest group of people. You've never had affection for Jesus but you've never, and because you've never known him, but you come to church and you're a morally good person. You, you have the actions there. You know, like I come to church on Easter and Christmas or I'm, I'm in church every Sunday, but, but you know, I don't, really, I don't have that relationship that you're talking about. And that's the scariest thing because in your mind, whether you admit it or not, in your mind, your logic is if I do these things for God, then he'll have to love me. Like he'll owe it to me. If I keep up my end of the bargain, to do these things for God, then, then I'm good with God because I'm doing these things for God. The reality is, uh, according to the scriptures, that no one's good. According to Romans 3, no one's good. Everyone falls short of his perfect plan for us. Um, and Jesus says in Matthew seven twenty one, he says, you know, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, that means not everyone who acknowledges I am God, I am who I am. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That means that s some of you will stand before God and, and I hope, that changes. But some of you will stand before God and you'll say, you know, uh, uh, oh, hey, hey, God, no, I, I was at church. I know you are. You know, you're the God of the universe. I know. I, I'm aware of that. And he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you. You're going to say, but I, I gave 10% of my paycheck. I, I, I even helped in VBS. And you know how much I hate kids. Like, I, I, I was serving you. And he's going to say, I, I don't want that. I didn't need that. I wanted your heart and I never had it. So you're not mine. So if that's you in this room, I, I hope that today's a wake-up call for you. And the third group of people are, are probably who fill this room more than anyone else. And that's your affection for God has faded because your relationship with God has faded. Your time in the Word has faded. Your time in prayer has faded. Your time in service has faded. And so your affection for God's faded. However, your actions are still there. For whatever reason, whether it's a force of habit, whether it's uh, uh, just you're, you're a socially a moral person. And I think this is most common, but, but being most common doesn't mean that it's okay. You shouldn't be okay with that because that's not what God desires. And so we shouldn't take that lightly. So you're the type of people I'll call the actions leading to affections group. You're hoping that if you keep doing these things that your affections for God will come back. That if I keep doing these things and God will, will, will just create in me affections for him and, and I, will, I will love him more that way. Um, 
And so for you, I want you to do what 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says. It says to examine um, yourselves. Um, I'll, I'm going to read a passage of Scripture real quick. And, and we're not, originally I, w- I wanted to go through it and, and break it down verse by verse. And, and maybe we'll do that next week because we don't have time to do that today. But I, I, I want to point out a couple of things here. And I want you to find yourself here. For those of you who, who you have a relationship with God and your affections are, are number one and, and your heart is with Him and that leads to actions of obedience, um, I want you to see this as a cautionary tale. For those of you out there who your actions are there but your heart's far from God. Maybe you are the most moral uh, Sunday school teaching, you know, you, you don't cuss and you only see movies that are rated G, uh, then, then hopefully what you'll recognize is God doesn't need your actions. God doesn't desire desire your actions. God desires your heart first. And so uh, I, I want, uh, hopefully you'll, you'll see that um, today. And so I want us to look, um, I want us to look real quick at uh, Luke chapter 11 verse 37 through 44. I'm just going to read this to us. Um, we're not going to get through it today. We're just going to read through this and I'm going to point out a couple of things and then we're going to go. Look at verse 37. While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. The Pharisee was astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisee, clean, uh, cleanse the outside of the cup and then of the dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. You fools, did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give as alms those things that are within, and behold, everything is clean for you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves, and people walk over them without knowing it. So what we see here is a picture of... um, of, of this group of people, these Pharisees, who they, on the outside, they, they did everything right. Like so much so that they were even seen as, as clean people in, in all aspects of their life. Like Jesus comes in, doesn't wash his hands, and they flip out. Because they're like, no, Jesus, you, you've been touching people and that's ceremonial unclean, so you need to, you need to wash yourself and, and, and all these things. And Jesus said to them, like, look, you do a lot of good things. You know, you tithe and you, you're at church more than anyone else. You teach people about the word and, 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 and you look really nice and all these things, but, but your heart is full of greed and wickedness. And so he's saying, don't you realize that the God who cares about your outside, he created your inside? Don't you realize that the God who created your actions also created your affections? And so what he's saying to them is that what God cares about most is your affections first. Because when your affections are focused on him, it takes care of your actions. Stop simply treating the symptoms I think a lot of people, maybe you're in this room, uh, kind of going off topic, but maybe you're in this room and maybe you've walked away from church. Maybe you're here for, I don't know, someone tricked you. They were like, hey, let's go get something to eat. Go to church for, I don't know. If that's true, you're dumb. But anyway, um, maybe, maybe that's true. But some of you have walked away from church, and I think one of the reasons why is because you, you reduced being a Christian, you reduced this this. this this idea of a relationship with God to, to a formula, to a checklist, to a to-do list. That if I, if, if I just look good and, and I'm, you know, like I, I do what I hear at church and, you know, like I, I try all these things, then, then you know what? Then God will be happy with me. And then, and then, and then everything will go my way. And, and 
That's, that's not what Christ intended. That's not what God wants from you. In, in Acts, Paul says, he says, you know, it's, it's like you, you act like God needs something from you. But God doesn't need anything from you. God isn't served by human hands as if he needs it. Whatever God wants, God will have. He doesn't need you to do anything. He doesn't need you to be here today. But the reality is, God wants you. Above all those things, God wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your affections. So if you're in here today, and, and this whole being a Christian thing is all about what I can do for God and, and, and what I can do right and how I can be a moral person, but, but you don't have a relationship with God, you're not spending time in His Word and, and getting to know His heart, and you're not spending time uh, just enjoying Him, seeing Him in all of His creation, just enjoying Him, God doesn't want your actions. He doesn't need your actions. He doesn't desire your actions. He doesn't want you teaching Sunday school. He doesn't want you putting your money in the, in the plate. He doesn't want you here. If He doesn't have your heart, He doesn't need your actions. And that's good news. You say, that sounds awful. It's good news. God wants your heart first. God cares about you deeply. Deeply. Wherever you are, God cares about you and he wants your affections. He wants you to know him and he wants to know you. So I hope today that if you're the type of person who, you know, you've been trying every, to do everything right and, and you know, you, you've been keeping a checklist. Okay, I got to do this today for God. I got to do this today. And I hope you, you find freedom from that. I hope you realize that that is not God's intention for your life. God's intention for your life is to enjoy Him and to know Him and to love Him. And out of that passion for Him, then your obedience will flow, not the other way around. So I hope today you drop all that other mess and you focus on loving God and knowing Him. And let Him grow in you obedience. Let Him grow in you action. But focus on your affection first. So some of us in this room, believers, you need to refocus your affections. Stop worrying about your actions. Refocus your affections first. And some of you in this room, you don't have any affection for Jesus. You don't know him. You've been trying to be the best Christian you know of, but you don't have any affection for him. It's just you're, you're just working and working and working. God doesn't want that. He wants you. So maybe you need to surrender your heart to him today for the first time. As uh, Matt and the band come back up and they're going to sing, Brother John's going to come up. Um, we're going to be down here as, as we stand and sing the, this song together. Um, and if you, if you need to come and make this, these front steps uh, an altar for yourself, maybe you need to come, believers, and kneel here and say, God, my heart's been far from you. I've been in church. I've been, I've been trying to do right, but my heart's been far from you. Maybe you need to repent of that. Maybe you need to tell him, I, 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 want, I want to know you, and I want you to know me. I want to love you above all things above my actions. I want to refocus my affections on you. Maybe you need to come and make that admission to him today. Maybe some of you need to come and meet Jesus for the first time. Maybe you've seen him as some taskmaster here just checking off things to do. You don't know him because that's not my Jesus. Maybe you need to meet him for the first time. Maybe you need to experience his love for the first time. We'll be down here. You come talk to us. I'd love to talk to you more about it. I'd love to introduce you to it for the first time. So I don't know what you need to do, but in this time as we stand and we sing, uh, you just use this time between you and God. Where's your heart? I know where your actions are. You're here. Where's your heart? Are your affections focused on Him or are they not?
Because that's what he desires above all things. Where's your heart? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this time, as we um, worship you, God, work on our hearts. For those of us who are followers of you, but, but our affections are far from you, our hearts far from you, our relationship with you has faded, but our actions are in place. God, may you convict us of that. May we realize, like, you don't, you don't care about our actions mainly. You care about our heart. And God, may we return. God, may, may we come to you today and say, I'm sorry. I, I recognize that you love me first. And that, God, you, you want me to love you first. And, and may we give, give ourselves back to God in a new way to have a relationship with him. May we commit ourselves to meet with him in his word. May we commit ourselves to, to meet with him in prayer. And, and to enjoy him in everything that we see. And just experience him there. And so God, some of us in this room, we don't know you. We always thought we did. We always thought, I, I think I'm a good person. I, I come to church and I, you know, I try to do right. But God, I hope those people realize that that's not enough. And that's not what you desire. And God, even though they might feel that they've done something good enough to earn your, your, your favor, to earn uh, being a child of, of God, that, that they can't earn that. That God, it's just something they have to accept. They have to refocus their affection on you and say, I want you now. I want to know you and I want you to know me. God, that's what you desire. That's what changes hearts. That's what brings us to saving knowledge of who you are. So God, do your work today. 